Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, the show that promotes positive people. Tune in live on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern or listen live and 24-7 at www.wealthysistersradio.com. We know you will be inspired, empowered, and informed by the incredible women featured. And now it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, our host, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hardness. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio. As always, we're so excited to have you joining us today. You can visit us, Wealthy Sisters Media Group, for all your branding and publishing needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. Wealthy Sisters Radio is where we proudly promote positive people, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide you, the dynamic listener, with inspiration and encouragement and that practical knowledge that you can apply right now to your business and life and have that positive impact. And second, we must provide that platform to edify, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is another awesome Monday, March 10th, 2014. Can you believe it? We're already celebrating Women's History Month. It is such a dynamic month. So many incredible women that have done so many things and are doing great things. That's why we are here on Wealthy Sisters Radio every week at the same time, Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So you know every week we promise you a phenomenal show. Well, this is not going to be any different. It's going to be a great show today. Today, you know, we have one of our featured millionaire luncheon panelists, Ms. Sharon Fitzpatrick, with us today. Yes, that's right. When you're thinking about the millionaire luncheon, remember, don't you know, if you haven't heard, the Winter Summit is this month. It's already this month. It's March 29th. That's Saturday, March 29th. And you have to, if you are a seriously focused individual, a professional woman that's looking to take their business, their professional career to the next level, you want to be at this event. It is our third event. We're so excited about it. Go to the Winner's summit.com. I mean, some of the topics are going to be about how you can create your own bank, uh, inbound and outbound marketing. We have um, other uh, topics that will go over how you can actually do business with the government, how to acquire a government contract, and this awesome, awesome millionaire luncheon where we sit down with documented women who have built successful businesses, and they're going to take their time out of their busy schedule to sit down with us in an intimate setting and share their background and be able to answer questions. So this is the event like none other. Like I said, it's the premier event for professional women. And you want to go to the Winner's Summit. That's a winner like a champion. The Summit.com and get registered because the Millionaire Luncheon is just about sold out and we have limited space, period. So, and today, after you hear, I know, our special guest, you are going to make sure that you are there today. She, again, is none other than Sharon Fitzpatrick. She is the CEO and founder of the Fitzpatrick Group, which provides organizational consulting as well as training and development programs. Now, prior to formalizing the business in 2003, Ms. Fitzpatrick spent most of her career in senior-level corporate positions in the area of human resources, organization development, and diversity and inclusion. She has a passion, and trust me, she does, a passion for wanting to see others succeed. She works with organizations to develop learning programs and experiences that are focused on giving everyone an opportunity in the workplace. So we are not going to hold her from you much longer. You know what you need to do right now. Go and call everybody, text them. Facebook them, tweet them, tell them to dial 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. Or they can listen live anytime. Catch this show and our other great shows at Wealthy Sisters Radio. That's S-I-S-T-A-S, WealthySistersRadio.com. And remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Wealthy Sisters. 
Yes, we keep everything simple for you, even on iTunes. Don't you know you can find us on iTunes? You can download us free right there on your smart devices. Go to Wealthy Sisters. Just go to iTunes, find Wealthy Sisters, and you can subscribe to us right there and get the show immediately on your smart devices. So what a great way that we have that we can stay in contact and continue to provide you with the great information that we do. So we're excited about today's show. I promise you we're going to take a short break and come right back with none other than our very special guest today, Ms. Sharon Fitzpatrick. Stay tuned. You are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Queen Anita Empire Online features luxurious African handmade healthy skin and body care products. From enhancing all-natural soaps, hair growth stimulating shampoos, to delicious healthy drinks, great for arthritis, we have an extensive inventory of more than 450 items to begin your natural journey to wellness. Visit QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. That's QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Remember, QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. Yes, we are live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. So excited, and thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you so much. I mean, every week we get so many responses from you, the emails, the faxes, the teak tweets. Yes, I got a fax message. I know. I was, I was amazed at that. I was like, wow, okay. Yes, and we got a fax message and uh, Facebook messages and all the ways that you stay in contact with us. We really appreciate it. And, again, as we said, if you have any guests that you'd like to recommend, feel free to do that as well. You can always send us information at info at wealthysisters.com as well. But today going to be a phenomenal show. I'm telling you, we are gearing up for the Winter Summit that is going to take place again this Saturday, excuse me, this month, March, March, this month, March, March 29th. Saturday, March 29th, here in the DMV, that's the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, at the Courtyard by Marriott at Tyson's Corner. And we are featuring the Millionaire Luncheon, and today we have one of our very, very special guest panelists from the Millionaire Luncheon, Ms. Sharon Fitzpatrick. So I'm going to bring her on the line right now. Ms. Fitzpatrick, are you there? I sure am. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us here on Wealthy Sisters Radio today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is most certainly yes. a privilege. Yes. Well, I tell you, and we are thrilled to have you as one of our featured panelists at our luncheon, and uh, we're, just, we're just excited to learn more about everything that you're doing and just want to say thank you so much for blazing the trail and just setting such a great example for us as business women today. Well, you know, I'm excited about being a part of that of the luncheon as well, and I'm actually coming because I see a lot of topics there that I know that I could benefit from learning more about, you know, as well. So um, I encourage all of you that are listening, if you haven't signed up yet as well, please do that. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Oh, absolutely. You know, I tell you, it is truly when you talk about a passion, um, you know, we had the opportunity to to share some dialogue here back and forth leading up to today, and I could really, really hear your commitment and passion to business, and, and I can relate to that as to putting together the the Winter Summit because I've been in business uh, myself about 25 years, and I just wish a lot of this information that we're going to be talking about and having the, the opportunity to sit down with someone like yourself in an intimate setting at the luncheon, I just wish that I had been able to have something like that from the beginning uh, of my entrepreneurial uh, career. So I, I'm just uh, just so grateful, like I said, to to have this opportunity to bring women like yourself together and, and to hear you say that you're coming to learn. It just speaks volumes as to how it's so important for us to continue to grow 
every day in everything that we're doing. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Yes. Uh, now, here on Wealthy Sisters, I will share with you, we are a little bit nosy. Uh, we we hear our guests, our, our audience, rather, always like to find a way that we can relate to our guests that we bring on the show because everybody is listening from all over the world, literally. And we all can find that common and unique thread that can help us say, well, you know what, if she can do it, if this is how Ms. Fitzpatrick did it, I know it's something that I can gain from that. So, if you don't mind, we always say share a little bit about where you grew up, your background, and what ingredients went into the great recipe that we see today. Okay. Well, you know, first of all, and I, I always have this joke, is a lot of times when I'm, you know, out facilitating and, you know, training and meeting folks and at business functions, a lot of times people, you know, because we're such a multicultural com- um, organization, uh, organization, but also society now, people will ask you that question, well, what country are you from or where do you You're come right. from? And I, always, and I always tell people, well, I'm from the country <laughs> of Akron, Ohio. And so, um, and people get kicks out of that. But yes, I was born, um, raised in the Midwest in Akron, Ohio. Oh, and uh, I right, and I think Akron is now on the map because of not me, but LeBron James. Uh, yes, if any of yes. you are basketball fans, and um, so I was born and raised there. And uh, actually, you know, was born into a family where my dad is um, a journalist and my mother is an educator. And so uh, from the very beginning, the whole idea of that was instilled in us was that we were going to get education, but that life was always a lifelong process of continuous learning. And mm-hmm. so from the very beginning, it was instilled, you know, in not only me but my siblings, that, you know, we could be anything that we wanted to as long as we believed it, that we could achieve it. And even my dad to this day still uses that in a lot of the work that he does and a lot of the publications that he puts out in really inspiring others to do their best. And so that's where I grew up. I uh, ended up going to Ohio State, or I should say the Ohio State University. As the like Ohio State. My, yeah, it was just Ohio <laughs> State when I went, but now it's the Ohio State University. And uh, I actually graduated with a degree in clinical child psychology, uh, kind wow. of dates and tells you a little bit about how old I am uh, back then. And I decided immediately that I was coming to Washington, D.C. area to kind of claim my stake in the world. And I remember my dad saying my degree in 50 cents would get me a cup of coffee. So I guess today my degree in, what is it, 595 might get me a cup of coffee. Uh, so it's a, a little bit different now. But, you know, always, you know, like I said, I, I always was the person that enjoyed, I guess, taking those risks and going out and seeing things that I hadn't seen. And so, you know, starting off, I came to the Washington area, uh, started in, you know, various what I call administrative positions. I remember uh, one of my uh, – first experiences I go of coming to, like I call it a larger metropolitan area, was the number of people that would show up for job interviews. You know, when I was at home, you oh, made a wow. call, you, you turned in a resume, and you or maybe one other person were sitting there to interview for the job. And a couple of times here, I'd walk in, and it would just be rooms full of people. And so that was kind of my first, I want to call it culture shock to the area, was like, wow, there are so many more people that actually have skill sets that are either equal to mine or much better, and we're all kind of vying for the same positions. And so mm-hmm. uh, one of the first, and I said, you know what, I, that means that I'm really going to have to figure out ways to develop my skills to be able to do the things that I want to do to really be successful in this area because I fell in love with the Washington area right away. Yeah, so that was yeah. a little bit, yeah, about how I got here. Um, since then, you know, I, I've done, I call it a little bit of traveling around up and down the East Coast. And in order to be successful in some corporate positions, I took transfers and I also took jobs in other, in other states and other cities. You know, what I found as an African-American woman trying to come up the corporate ladder was a lot of times I had to change positions in order to get that next additional experience that I was hitting glass ceilings, or I call them cement ceilings fairly quickly Mm. in the roles that I was in. And so Mm. I had no problem with saying, you know what, if I'm not – I always had – I had this uh, philosophy, if you aren't getting promoted or things aren't happening for you in about three to five years and you are performing well – 
and doing, you know, the things that need to be doing that maybe that you need to be looking, you know, otherwise, other areas in order to get those skill sets that you needed. And so I spent, you know, I, I got called myself doing an East Coast rotation. In fact, when uh, I would go in the summers to our family reunions, people would, my family would joke that they wrote my address in pencil because they never knew where I was going to be <laughs> in the next well, couple of good. years. Yeah, it really was. I and I'll tell you, I have been. I've lived in the mountains of Pennsylvania to the beaches of Florida, and I have met you know incredible people. I have that I still stay in touch with to this day. That I think have really helped shape me and build me and build the business that I'm in today. I think and how I approach the business and the people that I work with today. Right, right. Well, you know, just hearing you say that, uh, it's obvious that change is not something that you are afraid of. I mean, not saying that a lot of times people see successful people like yourself and they say, wow, they're doing this, they're doing that, and think that maybe you're not a fear. You don't have fear, which I know (laughs) courage is really doing things in the face of fear, but you obviously go forward um, with that change. And so, I would just like for you just for a second just to talk about um, how important being open to change is because a lot of times people do get locked in to living in areas or because they grew up there because this is there or staying in those positions, like you said, staying somewhere where you know you're not going to move. You, it's a cement ceiling, not a glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. So can you, can you talk a little bit about the importance of being open to change and, and the benefits, obviously, we see with you uh, from being open to change? You know, and that's, I think, a couple of things that I'm thinking about change. And I think one of the first things is is that it's not the change itself that usually sticks us or that we have the most difficulty with. It's the process of going through it. Mm, and so once mm. we've made that decision and we're making – or sometimes change hits us. A lot of times that I may be – there may be some of you listening today that have been laid off or, or terminated or maybe you've um, gotten a different boss. Maybe you, somebody you didn't sign up to work with, but now that change has happened. Maybe the nature of the work that you're doing is changing. And so what happens is, is that I find is that it's not that change itself because all of us will say, you know what, we know we're in a constantly changing environment we kind of expect mm-hmm. that things are not going to stay the same, but it's that process of coming out of our comfort zone, of maybe mm-hmm. having to learn something new or seeking out the unknown that does become a little difficult for us. You know, I, I had a uh, – it was a colleague that I worked with many, many years back, and um, I can talk about that later about how to get started in, in business, and he was a person that I shadowed. Um, and I, I can, I, can I mention him here if it's okay? Oh, oh, uh, oh sure. sure. Uh, his name is uh, – it was Mauricio Velasquez of the Diversity training group, DTG. And um, anyway, he always said that when the pain of staying became greater than the pain of leaving is when people change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we talk mm-hmm. about pain, it doesn't necessarily have to mean like, you know, the physical pain, but it's right, the, right. the emotional, like you said, those hidden fears, the unknowns that we go through. And so what I take as a philosophy is that change is an opportunity to learn, that change is right. an opportunity to grow. And, you know, sometimes not all changes is good. We do make changes, and then we learn and we grow from some of those pains of those changes. But in the the most part, we're constantly moving forward. And so, you know, I look at it like as, as, you know, what is it that I'm going to learn next? Who am I going to meet next? Who might I be able to help next? Who may be able to help or give me some information that may help mm-hmm. me in building or doing what I want to do? And that's kind of how I see, hit, hit change. One of the things I use really critically in my business now is that idea of getting feedback. And I will tell you at first when I started my business, I was a little afraid of that. You know, I was like, mm. I don't know if I really want to know what people think about me or they think of my content or how I'm working with them. And what I found is that that is the, the, the biggest way that you're able to really start to deal with change because when you hear feedback, particularly if you're getting it from a client or from even a mentor or someone who's working with you saying, I you know, really feel that maybe this would work better for you and that you may have to make some changes, that that's kind of the most important thing, that being able to hear that, but being comfortable with that is really important. Mm-hmm. Plus, I, mm-hmm. from a personal standpoint, always say that there's always I, there's always a way to grow and learn, that I'm going to constantly be changing, and that when I change, that means that I'm getting better. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it, and that you know, change like you said, just staying open to it is not always bad. You look, you see it as opportunities. That that optimum word there, opportunity to grow, to learn, to whom you might uh, be able to help or who can help you. So I I, I love that uh, analogy, and I think when you talked about that process, if that is so true, the process of everything. Uh, if we knew, I know for me being a visionary, if I knew a lot of times the process of starting things, I always see the end before anything in between. I can see it built, the whole nine, <laughs> everything. But that process in between um, is that thing that really, really does uh, cause the greatest the greatest fear uh, of, of change. And, and I think about that. I know you, that example you used about um, what the gentleman from DCG, his quote about mm-hmm. people will actually move when the pain of staying is, is greater than the, the, the pain of, uh, of leaving. And mm-hmm. I think about that uh, analogy that you, I'm sure you've heard it all the time with the story of a gentleman that's all the dog on the nail and he asked the owner, why is he, howling like that, you know, well, it's because he's on a nail. Well, why don't he get off of the nail, you know? And he said, well, when the pain is enough, <laughs> that's when he, he, he will actually move, you know, mm-hmm. from that nail. So that that is so true there. Now, I know, you you know, you've, you've had an extensive background in corporate America. Uh, you've held really, really great positions as well. And you're doing extremely well. What was it that made you say, okay, now I need to become an entrepreneur. I need to do this for myself. Was it a certain incident or was it just something that you knew you were always going to do? You know, it's actually both. I I Mm -hmm. think from a, a very young part of my career, I really wanted to be able to go out and to really do what I call, you know, development and really working with people to really help them understand a lot about, you know, how can they be better, how can they grow and develop. And even early on in even my HR career, I worked with, you know, designing some um, training programs to help people in getting jobs. It was a lot of that, going and doing some public speaking, working with students, those kinds of things, always on my own. So I always had this vision of really starting a company that would be able to help people who wanted to get better, but work with clients that wanted to be better, wanted their organizations to be better as well. And early on, I got a lot of feedback from, I call it a lot of my mentors, particularly my parents, that, no, you're not ready yet. You know, you haven't been out in the world long enough. You don't have enough experience. And mm-hmm. so there was always this, you know, we always talk about the naysayers that you get in business. Yes. Well, yes, it's yes. one thing when the naysayers are people you know. It's another thing when they're your, your family and your parents. Yes. <laughs> that, that and the most often a, they can be your family. They that's are. That's right. But, if, and it carries, if they're not it carries, an entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it carries mm-hmm. a greater weight, but they also bring it with a lot of wisdom. And yes. they were mm-hmm. absolutely right that, you know, early on in my career, my, you know, my 20s and I would say even early 30s, I had, was not ready to really manage, develop, and direct a, a consulting business. When mm-hmm. I decided to make that change formally in 2003, I had the full support not only of my family, my parents, everybody else around me. And I remember having, even at that time, being as much older, just going, oh, my goodness, I'm going to tell my father that this is, I'm going to leave this, this nice corporate job that I have, and I'm going to strike out on my own. And he was my biggest supporter. In fact, even if you look on my website, he's still my vice president today because he is the, my confidant, the person. He's, we've worked together on projects. We still do. All of that, totally supported. I think I almost dropped the phone when I told him <laughs> uh, out, of, out of pure shock, like, you're supporting it? He goes, now I am. He goes, you are ready. You have the oh, skill set. Wow. You've got the experience um, and the knowledge. And he said, and people will listen to you. And so I, I think that's one of those things in learning about when is the right time to get into a business. It's to say, when do you, are you sure that you've developed enough expertise in whatever it is that you're going to do that you're out there, that you've got something to give to people, that will really work, that will help right. them to be better, or that will improve their business, or in your case, improve their branding and their marketing, whatever the, those things might be. And so I, I think that that was really important. The other thing that happened is, you know, tragically, September 11th. And yeah. we all remember that in 2001. And uh, mm-hmm. 
it was, you know, a time when I was uh, the corporate leader um, in an organization, and we had some loss in New York, and just some other things happened. And it became really clear to me that this wasn't where I that I wanted to really spend my life. That I had more that I wanted to give to people, more that I felt that they could have. Some of the the unfair practices and the way people were treated after that as a response mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, made me start rethinking where I was and how I wanted to do it. And uh, I actually, you know, ended up connecting with a wonderful mentor who helped me to prepare myself instead of just walking out the door. It's one thing I tell people, don't walk out mm-hmm. from something to nothing. <laughs> be right. careful about that. <laughs> right. You want to walk out from something with something to something, as I tell people. Especially when you're in, in great positions. There's so much that you can leverage there from the training to the certifications to your, your network, Especially that, for sure. Absolutely. So, so you mm-hmm. want to have a plan. I always say mm-hmm. that you know we hear about that, and you know, in terms of you know all kinds of things, always have a, a you know a kind of a, an exit strategy. And it's the same right. thing if you're going to make making a transition. I would say from working, you know, um, for an employer full time, even to being your own business owner, have that exit strategy because there are a whole lot of things that you aren't even going to think about that mm-hmm. are going to be part of what you're going to have to do in your own business. Things like having to buy your own cell phone. First time I ever, because I was all, yeah, I, that, that sounds a little crazy, but I never no, had to buy true. a cell phone before. I was always given yeah. a cell phone in technology and PDAs. You know, remember that thing called the in-house mail? You never went to the mailbox. You never went to the yeah. bank. All those those yeah. are things as, as a business owner, guess what? Your computer breaks you down. Do. You can't call. You can't put in a ticket at the help desk. Right. <laughs> you have to think, learn how to, to manage that yourself. So all of those things and the costs that are associated with that become Right. very important in being able to prepare for. So uh, September 11th, was a, it was a watershed event. Like I said, there was a lot of loss you know, around me. I had other people that had personal losses, and it just really redefined me looking at, well, who am I, what am I doing with myself, and how am I going to contribute? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Wow, wow. And so you knew that you were going to go into the field, of course, that you were already in, but was there something differently that you knew you wanted to do from what you were already doing? There was. There were, there were a couple mm-hmm. of things. One was that, and I started out thinking I could be, I call it the jack of all trades. Well, you know, I, okay. I, I have a human resources background, organization development and training and diversity and inclusion. So I'm just going to do it all. And uh, what I found out fairly quickly was that that's not that you really need to figure out what pieces are going to help you. You know, I think really start to target where it is that you want to go and what type of services you want to provide or what type of help or you know successes you want to take people through. And so I ended up. It was pretty much I'd say over a course of a several years though, really redefining and defining. Well, what is it that I really feel? that this company should offer and how do I make myself stand out as being unique or what is it that mm-hmm. I offer that others don't? And so mm-hmm. really my love is in the, the organization development and design. And for folks who don't know what that is, that's really going in and looking at an organization as a consultative practice and saying, you know, what are their challenges? What are their opportunities? What are their threats? In terms of employee development is the piece that I look at and say, you know, what are some of the things that we can design, whether they be programs, whether it be coaching, whether it be, you know, outside resources that are going to help them create and develop a bench strength so that they can be more successful as organizations. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the piece there. And of course, my biggest passion is diversity and inclusion. And how do we create and make these environments, these work environments, more diverse, but really now, which that next piece is, is inclusive, bringing people to the table that need to be there, making sure that everybody feels a part of that process, that they're, you know, that word in the loop. Um, in that process. And so those are the areas of concentration that I'm in now. And, you know, with the times that we're in now, uh, that, of course, the word diversity is, it is, it has shifted. I mean, I guess what we hear and what we see, I can see some of the, the, the ideology around diversity changing every day. How important is it for companies to really bring someone like you on board 
to really help monitor or manage that and and, and bring the inclusion? Why why should we even be focusing on diversity? I guess I, I would ask for companies. Well, it, yeah, it's it, it's interesting that people have asked that question. And mm-hmm. the first thing is diversity is it's it's it, it's here it's always been here it's it's around you, and a lot of times mm-hmm. people want to just define it as well multiculturalism where we've got all these different cultures that are coming together and working right. in the same place and they have different needs that's part of it but we've got you know generational issues we've got issues of technology right. we've now got a global right. market that most businesses and even the federal government. When I say businesses Mm -hmm. and organizations, I'm talking about the federal, the state sectors, the local governments as well, and that Mm -hmm. they're all facing. And it's looking at, you know, where do everybody says, well, we have diversity. We look around, we do well. But then, you know, I say there's other things. Well, you know, what are you doing in terms of your culture to make sure that everybody's being included in the process? And a lot of times it's the thought process or how the problem-solving it's, right. You know, it it reaches it's change management. So it reaches beyond just you know, okay, we hired a bunch of people who are diverse. It's right. now saying, yeah, and that that's kind of <laughs> who's the easy making part. the decisions for all of these people. It's, exactly, <laughs> right. who's making those decisions? And I, right. I don't number. I I sometimes I just chuckle when I listen to the news and I hear about some of the mistakes that corporations make or, you know, mm-hmm. advertisers come out and they do something. And I'm just thinking, I would love to see who was sitting at that table that right. made that decision right. to ever put that communication out there. And I would right. bet that, you know, they really just missed the ball in terms of including the right people. And it doesn't always mean that, because, you know, there's only so many top positions. And you know that from the 90s mm-hmm. on with these flattening out of organizations, and things mm-hmm. like that, that we don't necessarily, everybody can't be the CEO, but everybody can be included in the process. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I work with organizations and giving them, because they're like, oh, what can you know, we do? I said, things you can do that are very easy in terms of even hiring is include the people in your work group that are going to be working with the person you're hiring. Include them in the interview wow. process. Wow. I mean, something wow. very simple. Give them a voice Simplest to be able mm-hmm. to say, hey, mm-hmm. this is who we would like to bring in, you know, or I would like to see. You know, it's it's going back and asking the people who are doing the work, well, getting their mm-hmm. feedback. So mm-hmm. some of these things are not hard things to do, but it's that changing of the mindset is what it is within the organization, within the folks running the organizations that becomes mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. And, and I know – oh, go ahead, please. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, 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 you were going to say and. I was just going to say, and when we continuously see, you know, um, and we hear about it because the news always reports the bad, not necessarily a lot of the good. Uh, When we continuously see, you know, the racial divides that are going on, you know, in our communities Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. just within the United States and the, you know, injustices and things that are happening, people don't realize that that translates that these very people that that are involved in this are in workplaces. In workplaces, exactly. Mm-hmm. They are in your, they're, yeah, they're in your workplaces, they're in your churches, they're in your social mm-hmm. groups, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so there's such an opportunity to really change mindset and to educate around that. And that's mm-hmm. what I believe. That's why I, my focus is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's important, too, because I remember, like you mentioned, the 90s on, it's been a flattening of uh, positions and downsizing and restructuring. And I, I, I understood that training and development and the diversity programs have been some of the programs that a lot of companies said, okay, we don't need that right now. We've got to trim the fat. That, that's just a luxury right now. Have you, have you noticed that or have you noticed that there's a shift that's happening with that? I, I did. I, I think that training mm-hmm. in general whenever companies decide that they are going to, you know, d- to downsize or they're mm-hmm. going to lay, you know, I always say the easy uh, approach to, well, you know, what we've got to, you know, make budgets or things is to always go to the human right. capital side. The harder things is to find other ways of generating revenue. And so what they will do is typically if they're not cutting positions and they look at what they provide their employees and um, always the HR services and training is probably that number one thing that's, that's on the chopping block. What we are seeing, though, and, and I think was um, that because there is – such a need to, you know, an understanding about valuing diversity, 
that I'm starting to see kind of a resurgence of it. Uh, President Good. Obama recently, about a year, it's been two years now ago, put out an executive order for federal agencies in terms of them and some directives in terms of them uh, becoming more diverse but actually more inclusive work environment. So a lot mm-hmm. of the work that I have been doing now has been in the federal sector in helping them develop programs and helping them start to have strategic plans around how they are going to become not only just more diverse but more inclusive you know, in their, within their agencies and their organizations. So we are mm-hmm. seeing somewhat of a shift of that back. However, yeah, are the the dollars, the consulting dollars there in the terms of the way they were in the 90s? Absolutely not. But I came Mm -hmm. out into this business when they probably was, the shift was well on its way. And Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, what I do is, and I tell people as a business, if you can find a way to build those relationships but provide and be flexible about the services that you can provide to help people grow, sometimes it's very little steps and very little things. Um, that you can really be successful. Mm-hmm, and a lot mm-hmm, of it's just mm-hmm. because it's my passion. You know, I stay in touch with folks and say, here, this is what I've got for you. I'll come do a brown bag for you. Um, you know, don't worry about the charge. I know that you have a need here, that kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, you, you have built relationships, and, and I would love to talk more about the importance of building relationships in business as well and how, I mean, that just relates back to the importance of attending uh, conferences like you're going to be at with us at the, the Winter Summit at our Millionaire Lunch. And um, one of the greatest testimonies that we get from the experience that registrants have at the Winter Summit are the mm-hmm. relationships that have been created, the networking, even partnerships um, that women have been able to form just from meeting women there at the the Winter Summit. So I love to have you talk more about the building of relationships. When we take this short break, we come back from that. And and I want to find out, you know, have you faced any challenges uh, in building your business and and just kind of learn, if you have, what you did um, with those? To, to continue on your track. So if you are just tuning in, you're listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Our very special guest today is Ms. Sharon Fitzpatrick. She is the founder of the Fitzpatrick Group, and we are thrilled to have her a part of our space today. She's not only here with us today, but will be at the Winner's Summit for our Millionaire Luncheon on Saturday, March 29th. Make sure you go to thewinnersummit.com and get registered. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander and Associates Incorporated toll-free at 1-877-894-0564 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.com Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. Do you have a book that is ready to be published and you just don't know how? Does your company website need a facelift? Well, Wealthy Sisters Media Group is here to serve you. Publish your book and capture that brand new company look. Visit WealthySisters.com or call 800-917-9435 to take action today. Yes, we are live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. Our very special guest is none other than Ms. Sharon Fitzpatrick. She's the founder of the Fitzpatrick Group, and she has been sharing some powerful information today with us on about organizational development and the importance of training and, and diversity and inclusion and what we need to do to step out before we step out on our own in our businesses, how we need to have a plan and be prepared. So, Ms. Fitzpatrick, are you still with us? I sure am. 
wonderful, wonderful. So before we went to the break, we were talking about the building relationships. Can you share a little bit more with us how important building relationships are uh, in business? I I sure can. You know, one one of the things, and I actually do a course, and a lot of clients use it called Building Strategic Networks uh, Mm -hmm. within organizations because there is such a need for people to understand how to make those connections with one another. And the first thing that I do is I, I tell people, get you know, close your eyes, get out of your head those visions of those horrible cocktail parties where your past people are <laughs> passing around business cards and everybody's going, yeah, 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 you know, and they're throwing them away later. You go home with this bag of business cards and you don't remember who you talked to or what it was about. So that is not what networking or building those strategic partnerships and relationships about. It's really about you understanding who you are, what you have to give to others, um, and, and who you want to connect with to be able to give those things to them, to give those services, maybe the knowledge, uh, maybe it's your time uh, with those individuals, and that's how those relationships begin. I almost say the foundation of becoming a business owner is to understand about building those relationships, those partnerships, mm-hmm. but also honoring them as well. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I learned uh, early on was, you know, I was probably out there doing the networking thing, too. I've got to meet as many people as I can. I think, uh, you know, it's kind of called like the Facebook of networking. If you can, you know, befriend, you know, five, 600 people, then you're networked. And that is so not true. It's really right. about how you build valuable relationships, people that you can connect with, and not always on a daily basis, but that you know that you have in your network that you Sometimes I spend a lot more time referring people to other folks in my network uh, than mm-hmm. I really do in terms of you know what it means to my business. But then that that does pay back, and it is just so important to understand you know number one how to build that relationship, uh, why you want to build that relationship, you know who you are, and and how are you going to maintain that and honor that you know moving forward? Because I say anything that we give to one another is a gift. And it mm-hmm. needs to be given as a gift, but also received as that. And so that's the way that people need to be looking at how do we start to build those relationships. I think you mentioned, you know, at the um, the Winter Summit that's coming up, that there will be a lot of opportunities for networking and building those relationships. And the one thing that I encourage, you know, folks doing that are going to be there, especially if this is a first time for you, is that when someone makes a connection or you make a connection, that you follow up. Or if someone's right. taking the time to say, hey, I want you to call this individual that you follow up. Because if you don't, you're going to run into them at some point or another. I guarantee you it's happened to me. <laughs> so, right, right. You, and and it's such a way, it's a, such a challenge these days to do that, but we have to find a way to do that. I mean, it's because we're inundated with so much information. We have all these networks that we have to keep up with, all these email and different accounts that we're monitoring, but we do have to find a way to schedule schedule that follow-up uh, in, in our daily or at least weekly routine, for sure. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. a little bit old, you know, old school, so there's probably, I would say, some of my uh, younger generational folks out there that, that can ma- manage multiple social media, like, very uh-huh. easily. For uh-huh. me as a business owner, I, I tell you, I've got, like, one or two places. You can hit me up on LinkedIn because I, I do I keep up with that or my email right. address. Or, you know what? You can use this thing called the telephone that we're on. <laughs> and uh, you, you can give me a call. I, I do have right. a Twitter account. I know people follow me, and I will confess that I, I go out there every once in a while. And my Facebook is clear, clearly for my family um, right, and right, social right. things. And, and so, you know, find those, those, those mediums. I always tell people or the parts of social media that work for you that you know you can work effectively, but that also are going to reach the, the, either the clients or the, the audience or the people that you need to connect with for your business. So, Absolutely. you know, you may, you may find, like for me, and I, and I, um, that there's some medias are like even um, Wealthy Sisters Media, that's a place to connect. In other words, where right. you are in terms of, you know, the audience that I would be looking for. You know, for other people, like you said, I, I liked when I heard you say uh, that you have iTunes download, and I thought, now that is awesome because I did make a change and got rid of My BlackBerry fell apart, and I had to get a Galaxy. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, I can download stuff now. <laughs> so, and I wrote Welcome. that down when you 
when you were talking, I said, I am now going to be able, even because usually if I'm out at a quiet site, I get lunch. And I said, whoa, 12 o'clock, I can tune in. And so yeah, uh, I, found, yeah. I found that to be a, another way, you know, of media. So, yeah, use your, you, you have to take the time to use your social media to connect to people. Sometimes, I mean, even my clients, we text each other now. Mm-hmm, which is great, mm-hmm. and I'm able to make appointments or, you know, do everything right from, you know, just texting one client to another, and it's, you know, staying in touch um, in a very, you know, quick way. And for me, I, and I, I don't know if that's a technology issue, but texting has now gone back to writing full sentences, which I like. Yeah, <laughs> and at least, yeah, yeah that's and so, good. <laughs> yeah, and so, so therefore, yes, if you are texting a client, please don't use the old texting language of the right. LOLs and the whatever. Have, you know, no. That that was a work. Yeah, you let your autocorrect to do it for you. Yes, <laughs> but yes, make absolutely. sure you review it. <laughs> review that first. It. But it's a, it's another great tool of being able to connect like really quickly, uh, mm-hmm. and you know without it doesn't have to be kind of like a oh we've got to find a half hour an hour time to connect with somebody on the phone or, or meet with them. So there right. are I think ways that you can build those relationships. The most important thing is really staying in touch, and you know. I'm the person that truly cares about individuals. So I will give you a call and just say, hey, how are you doing? I don't need anything. It's not to sell anything as a business right. owner. It may be just to, you know, to call and just to say hi or I hadn't talked to you in a while. Uh, or a lot of times I'll hit people up on email saying, like, you know, hey, I, I told them about the, the lunch and the summit, you know, today and said, you know, this might be something you want to tune into. And so there are all ways that you can find in terms of how I build those relationships. But I will say from a business standpoint, and this is one of the things that I had a challenge with, was how do I stay in contact and with you know, my clients and folks to continue to build that business? Because one thing I learned early on is especially when you're working by yourself, you're doing all the mm-hmm. work. And when you're working, then you're not selling and marketing. Right, and so right. what happened was, I would then call a client all of a sudden, well, I'm not working, I need business, looking around, and, all, and I would get feedback, oh, my gosh, well, we, did, we hadn't heard from you, so we, get, we gave this business to someone else because we thought you were really busy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so you have mm-hmm. to really find that balance, I guess is what I'm saying, in building those relationships but keeping them and staying in touch um, mm-hmm, as a way, mm-hmm. and staying in touch in a way that they want you to stay in touch with them, by the way. Right, that and, is important. Uh, that is important because important. everyone communicates differently. We all have dominant personalities, and and some people, some some that you know, like you said, the generation. Some people don't know how to pick up the phone. You can call, 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 and email is going to work better for them, or vice versa, like you said. So that is so important to know the way that your clients need to or or like being communicated with. Absolutely. So true. Well, I tell you, this time is going by so fast. We do have a packed out show. The lines are full here. I do see a couple of questions, and I I wanted to uh, ask if you wouldn't mind taking a few questions from our audience today. Oh, no, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I see one caller here dialing in from a 315 number. Hello. State your name and where you're calling from, please. Hello. Hello, do you have a question? Okay, maybe they just pressed the one by mistake. Sometimes people dial in. If you have a question of Ms. Fitzpatrick, you can dial 347-838-9278, but also press 1 so that we know you have a question there in queue as well. But, yes, yeah, so um, Ms. Fitzpatrick, I tell you, you, you have shared so much information. I, I, I cannot wait until the millionaire lunch and to have an opportunity to just really sit down with you face-to-face and and learn more about what you're talking, what you've shared with us today. But can you just share a little bit about some of the challenges you faced in business and what you did to overcome those challenges and, and why we need to be aware that challenges do exist in this world of business? <laughs> Sure. I think a, a couple of challenges, and I, and I, I kind of I, I call them compartmentalize them into a couple of areas, and, you know, mm-hmm. one being overall the business challenges. Understanding, mm-hmm. you know, my strength in, in, like I said, area of expertise came out of the human resources, organizational development, um, executive management areas. I did not have finance. 
um, background. I had a little more finance background than I did then. Even though I did budgeting um, as a you know as as a function you know in my corporate, but really understanding you know how to manage and finance a business. Uh, was a totally different piece. And so from the mm-hmm. business perspective, a lot of challenges I ran into was that, first of all, and I tell people, I ran out and did this, and I did not have a business plan. <laughs> I just did it. Mm-hmm. Said, mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll write the – in fact, I would probably tell you I'm still writing the plan. As you go. <laughs> I wrote and the plan we, later. That happens sometimes. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and so I would tell folks that if you're in uh, a services business like I am, you're probably – it probably isn't as um, what I want to call um, have as much of a negative impact. But if you're going to mm-hmm. deliver goods and services or you need capital and things like that, you really want to have that business plan. And I strongly suggest, you know, like the Small Business Administration, uh, the um, economic development, um, you know, centers mm-hmm. that are in all the areas, at least in the metro Washington, D.C. area, mm-hmm. and I know they exist through SBA all over the country, the um, to go right. there. Mm-hmm. They will help you, you know, start to design those things and to get in line, you know, what are some of the things you need to understand about business. I do work with the the federal government, so federal contracting, understanding the the intricacies of that, and I'm, I'm excited that that's one of the topics, you know, that's going to be happening on March 29th because I think that that is so critical to understand, you know, what happens not only on your side of trying to solicit that business, but what they are doing on the other side of procurement. And so right. those things are so important. So from a business standpoint in that bucket, is it's really getting as much experience as you can um, or knowledge. And some of the people come out, I know people are really successful, they come out with that financial background, and so you're maybe one step ahead. The other thing is income taxes and the IRS. You are now, especially if you're making a transition from working for someone to having your own business, you still are responsible for paying your, your taxes, on right. income that comes in, and it needs to be filed quarterly. And believe you me, uh, the IRS really, because of technology, they stay on top of all that. So being fiscally responsible is very important as well. And so those were some challenges, I think, for me at first, because I didn't understand that. I didn't know mm-hmm. about quarterly taxes until the mm-hmm. first time I filed income taxes as a sole proprietor. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I, now I have a good accountant. Yes, now I have a very yeah. good accountant. That keeps me straight with all of that. So those are things to be thinking about. Which is another one of the great topics at the summit. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we do have that. Yes. Yes, you have the financing piece as well. Yes, and so that's going to be very important. I think the other piece is, um, and this was a challenge, a little bit of a challenge, was understanding how you change from what your visibility is, I say what your priority is in terms of when I was in, you know, in high corporate positions, I would pick up a telephone or send an email and the response came boom. You know, it was like it would be there. And now being going into business of being an entrepreneur, you're not the highest priority on a on a client or potential client's list. <laughs> and so you may not get that response. Uh, <laughs> as quickly as you, you are thought so that you were. real. We appreciate and, you being so transparent today, especially from a leadership position. And my feelings were hurt. Position. I have to tell you at first because I said, well, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be cut out for this. And I've come to learn that it's the nature, you know, of the beast. It's the nature of right. of, of, of business. And so, right. um, don't take things personally but personalize them if you need to is what I tell people. And so if you get feedback, because there's going to be, um, you're always going to run into, you know, situations as a business where people either don't want to do business with you, you may Mm -hmm. fail. A challenge has been that I took on one time a project that I was not ready to do, did not have Mm -hmm. the capacity to do. And Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, we know the best practice is to undercommit and overdeliver. Well, I overcommitted. And mm-hmm, underdelivered mm-hmm. early on, and mm-hmm. uh, so having to deal with that, and be willing to go back in and say that, hey, you know what, this was my fault. How do I, you know? And sometimes you can't recover from that relationship, but what can I learn from it? You right. Know, what may right. be the feedback? And so those things happen. The other thing is sometimes that you know you get a client that maybe you've secured over the phone or via technology, and then you get face to face with them. And either your diversity or theirs may be an issue, may not be a connection. And so how do you deal with that? Or I've walked into training situations where 
uh, diversity was not necessarily valued as an example. And so, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. and I don't mean diversity not necessarily just in race, but in fact that I was in an all-male environment and I'm the female standing mm-hmm. up there, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, how do you deal, you know, with those challenges without – people will push your hot buttons if you're not careful. How do you, mm-hmm. you know, really make sure that you are in a place that you can manage those challenges? And then I think one of the other greatest ones is really – keeping yourself engaged and, um, I should say, motivated, even when business is slow or Mm. when things slow down. And I think that's really important. Get mentors. Have someone Mm -hmm. that's been there, done that, that's doing this, that does it so much better than you. Um, As you know, we talk about Sheila Brooks. She is is your colleague of yours as well, and a wonderful mentor to me. Um, Yeah, our last millionaire luncheon. Yes, yes, and uh, and actually, she's the one that connected me with you. So you know, we you know through that process. Phenomenal. And, yes, and so, you know, have those people that you can call, and these are outside of your family. These are other women in business that are professionals that are going through what you're going through that you can just call, and even if you need to vent, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. or you can say, you know what, I really blew this. What can I do? How can mm-hmm, I, you know, move mm-hmm. forward from, the, from this? What do I need to learn? And so have mm-hmm. those people those, that, you know, those sisters that you can connect with that can really mm-hmm. help you with those challenges. And so mm-hmm. um, I think those are some of the ones that you face. Do I still face them? All of the time. There's always a new one. Now mm-hmm. it's a lot, it's technology-based. It's how do I take my stuff and really start using the technology that's out there? That seems mm-hmm. to be, you know, another one of the challenges. Of course, budgets, you know, companies don't have the budgets that they used to. And so you need to be flexible with, you know, how you're doing pricing or how what services that you're offering so that, you're really nimble and you're able to make changes as, you know, as the world is making changes, and I say right. in terms of what you're offering. Wow, wow. Well, if you have just tuned in, you are listening to Sharon Fitzpatrick. She is the founder of the Fitzpatrick Group, and we are so proud to say that she's one of our featured panelists at the Millionaire Luncheon for the Winter Summit this this year, this March at the end of this month, Saturday, March 29th, here in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Uh, Ms. Fitzpatrick, I tell you, the time has really gone by fast. Uh, in in a, about 90 seconds, what would you like to leave our audience with today? And please, please let everyone know how they can get in contact with you. Oh, Sure. Um, well, I, I think what I, I would like to leave is just this one final thought. And mm-hmm. it's actually a quote from Lena Horne. And I actually mm. I keep it right in front of me on my computer so that I can look at this daily. I have a lot of quotes, but this is the one that's in front of me now. And she said that it's not the load that breaks you down. That, that It's not the load that breaks you. It's the way that you carry it that mm-hmm. breaks you down. Mm-hmm. I love and so it. it if I can tell people there are going to be loads, we are all going to have challenges. We are all always going to be faced, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, as employees, as employers. We're always going to have all of these challenges of life that we face. But I really want people to really believe, you know, it's, it's really in that mindset and how you, the decisions that you make in terms of how you're going to deal with it and how you're going to move forward with it. And I think that if you talk to even other successful business owners, what they tell you is that we have those same challenges, but this is how I choose to deal with it. Or this mm-hmm. is how I choose to think about it or not think about it in that certain mm-hmm. way. So, mm-hmm. again, I guess mm-hmm. I'm – I'm Sharon Fitzpatrick. Um, you can reach me at, and I have a, I'm in the local Northern Virginia area. My office number is 703-669-5377 because I do like to use the phone, so you can call yes. me directly if you'd like to. You can also email me at Sharon at, and it's mytrainingconsultant.com, which is all one word, mytrainingconsultant.com consultant.com, which is also the website, and you can also hit me an email there, or you can visit me on LinkedIn. Very easy to find me there. 
Love it, love it. Well, we are thrilled to know that you will be with us in a few weeks at the Millionaire Luncheon at the Winter Summit. Definitely we want to encourage everyone to go to the thewintersummit.com right now. That's a winner like the champion that you are. And check out Ms. Fitzpatrick's page there as well. And uh, definitely get registered so that you can come and see her. Ms. Fitzpatrick, thank you again so much for being with us here today and taking time out of your busy, busy schedule. We appreciate you so very much, and continued success to you as you continue to move forward in your entrepreneurial journey. Well, well thank you so much. Go ahead. You have one thing. I was going to say thank you, Deborah, and I just look forward to seeing you on the 29th. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, once again, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today, and those of you that we know are downloading the show, we appreciate you as well. As a reminder, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wealthy Sisters. You can always catch our show 24-7, all of the replays, this show, and all of our other great shows at WealthySistersRadio.com. That's WealthySistersRadio.com. And, yes, we are available on iTunes. Download us there on your smart devices under Wealthy Sisters. Well, as always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. Stay tuned. We'll see you next week with another dynamic show. You've been listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you. Have a great day. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for another positively impacting show next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wealthy Sisters and on the web at WealthySistersRadio.com. The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our hosts, staff, or partners of our Wealthy Sisters.